Live streaming is on. So, so you guys enjoy the rest of the night and don't okay, listen to the red song. I gotta stop. All right, this, uh, blessings, Sardian. Sardian, right. see you, man. See you. I gotta stop. Something weird. Going out with the mic. I gotta mute this thing. Hold on. Now I can't hear it. Now I can't hear it. Now I can't hear it. Oh! Oh, it's still repeating again. How about now? How about now? There's like a slight echo. I can't hear you. Like, can you say something again? How about now? How about now? Man, this is on Man, echo. This is on echo. Like an echo. Okay, I have to get a headphone. Okay, I have to get a headphone. I'm gonna get some headphones. Hold on. I'm gonna get some headphones. Hold on. Get you, don't touch it. Get you, don't touch it. Can I use your headphones? Can I use your headphones? Let me see if these work. Let me see if these work. Oh, my Hold on. Hold on. Well, where are they? Well, where are they? Man, something and something's wrong. Yeah, that's weird, right? I'm going to close this window here. Let me I'm try that. I'm going to close this window here. Let me try that. Cool, cool. So should I call back after, or what's happening? Can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. No echo. Just close, I just closed the chat window. Now let me see if this, this stream is still recording. Just give it a second. It says it's recording. It says it's live. No, I don't know if it's working. Yeah, it looks like it's working. Yeah, if it says it is, then it is, right? Yeah, I see it moving on the screen. Okay, stream that works is live. Out. So, wow, RDN just gave us a topic. 
and left. Oh, he gave us the topic? Well, he said we should talk about this coronavirus, but I don't have any information on it, man. Well, I have a little bit of information. They're saying it's like the pig flu or something. Well, uh, what, what I know is that the um, the pharmaceutical company near my house, the Meyer Bristol Squibb, they closed their office. Everyone's working from home now, if you can believe that. Yeah, that's what Ardian said as well. He said that, like, most tech companies, they're working from home. And I got another friend who does, like, IT stuff. And he said this whole coronavirus thing just messed up his business. I bet you it messed up a lot of people's business, dude. Yeah, like, now this guy is doing astrology. What? Yeah. He got, like, a Facebook page where he does astrology. He does astrology? Yeah, like, uh, he, like, reads people's fortune, tarot cards. That's hilarious. All that jazz. He told me he's making more money now. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, we got it all working now. Because there's, like, a lot of old ladies who want, um, who want their fate read, you know, so they know that they won't get coronavirus. Well, they also want to buy the Elage. Oh, yeah, they're buying it more, right? Yes, they are. Oh, dude, maybe I should link you up with this guy. And uh, Well, send me an address where I can send you some bottles. All right. I know you're afraid I got to send it. me a bottle. You're, I know you're afraid to send me an address because the uh, federal is going to come swoop down on you. Oh, not even. Like, I'm not worried. Because... I'm just a little kid. But, um, yeah, I just yeah. forgot to ask my friend to, like, get that. But okay. I meant, uh, I meant for this guy, for this uh, other friend of mine who's doing astrology, I think the, the Elach would probably be, like, uh, a thing, you know? Well, I think we should stay more off of the crazy topics today. And we're going to talk about some serious yeah, stuff. Most likely, because, like, uh, we don't know much about crazy topics, and it's just speculation, you know? Like, I I heard about this coronavirus, and I started listening to Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron book. I don't know if you heard about that. He's like an Italian writer from the 1300s, and he took accounts of the plague that happened, like the Black Death, and how some people survived. It's just like the accounts of some Florentines surviving. They just moved to the country. I've been listening today to the Jocko podcast, the latest episode about the lady who survived the Holocaust. 
Yeah, you sent me that. I was trying to listen to it, but my internet is kind of too slow today, so I got to wait well, till the 9th. The the podcast, um, Curry Adam Curry invented the podcast as something to be downloaded with low speed. So you get a uh, podcast player, and it'll download um, in the background, and then Ooh. it'll, uh, and then when it's ready, it'll play it to you. So yeah, um, I'll try and do that on the laptop then, because now I'm just well, even on using your phone, a hotspot. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm just connecting a hotspot to the laptop, so it's kind of more straightforward. Okay. Well, um, I think, uh, okay, well then, you know, if you're low bandwidth, then don't worry about it. Um, That sounds really interesting, though. I'm really interested in, like, the Holocaust stuff, because that was, uh, like, a few years ago, I read this book called A Man's Search for Meaning, when it was about a guy who was at a concentration camp, and, you know, it was really interesting stuff. It's, like, really similar to, like, the... I found it kind of similar to the Gulag Archipelago. Yeah, I never read that. Um... But what I I only listened to like thirty six hours of the gulag. Forty six thirty six hours? Wow. Yeah. Well the lady was saying um the lady was saying um they had to stick together to survive. And yeah, they needed that's to like, have hope. That kind of sounds like the gulag, too, because, like, most people that died, they were just, like, trying to fend for themselves too much, you know? And then they got captured by the Leviathan that is the The Soviet Union. Yeah, Yeah, like, just like... uh, I guess the same thing happened in Nazi Germany too, because like uh, I, I'm still a waiting. lot of uh, yeah. a lot of like that kind of stuff. They like they probably just got people. I mean, I watched this movie called Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. It's like a new one, and it's about Nazi Germany, and like apparently they hung people like all the time just for suspecting them of being communists, you know? Uh Or, like, if they suspected someone was Jewish, they sent them off, too. Like, the... This whole thing is just, like, um, it's just ideology. It's just ideologues making atrocities happen. Which is, like... um, They said that the... I. uh, what is it, ideologue, or, um, I forget the exact term, but, no, I, I, I don't know how to get that off right now. We'll get it off later. Oh, I, I think I got it. So basically, uh, an idealist, or a, um, I forget the exact term, but someone who basically thinks whatever, whatever 
thought that comes into their mind at the moment is correct without any uh, thinking about it or, uh, you know, verification. And if, I don't know if it's an idealist. Here you go. Oh. Um, but the question is, the, the, the question is, uh, Harry, a couple of things. One, how do you know that you're not living in how do you know that you're not brainwashed? Let's start with that. Watch your head again. You there? Oh, yeah. I'm saying I know. I know I'm brainwashed probably. Like, I realized a lot of things that I was brainwashed on. Okay. But how do you know you're not currently brainwashed? Well, I know that I am still brainwashed probably about a lot of things. Is Okay. And then the next question is like how do you tell if you're being if you're brainwashed or not like um well, how do you tell if you have the if you have an, a a correct thought if you're in tune with reality or if you're you know, if you're masking, if you're living in the matrix or not? Well, you got to look at all parts of the matrix and then compare everything with everything else, I guess. Like, and a lot of what, a lot of what the lady was talking about is she said that you have to be submissive or the guards would kill you. And really the question is, like how much of our behavior is because we are submitting to some power, you know, if we're giving in just to survive, we don't want to piss people off, you know, just to get along. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's also another thing too. Hmm. Well, those are some things to think about. I mean, these are really deep topics. I'm not really prepared to talk about them because I don't know enough about them, but just some ideas to think about. Yeah, like, uh, you gotta, like, you gotta, I don't know. I feel like I was, like, brainwashed, let's say, about, like, the whole Islam thing. Like, I was brainwashed into believing a lot of, um, a lot of things that I never... Like, now, when I look back at them, I'm like, wow, man, like, how could I believe that? Like, I got so brainwashed growing up that I developed a canine phobia, you know? Like, I was afraid of dogs. Yeah, you were afraid of dogs. You were afraid I mean, of my little chihuahuas because you thought they were dirty. Yeah, like, and you yeah, loved exactly. that, right? Yeah, okay. but then I, I was into the cat thing because Muhammad had a cat, right? And there were these Maybe? stories. Oh, yeah. There was a story where Muhammad was praying and he cut his prayer mat all around because his cat was napping on it. Okay. So that was like saying that, you know, cats are holy, but dogs are dirty. Yeah. 
Well, I know these are different theories from different people about different things. And I don't really want to go into the whole religion thing because I don't want to um, upset people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, that's and, like you know, a touchy topic. And really, everyone can believe what they want, you know. And Oh, the, yeah, like... We have the freedom of religion. We have the freedom of belief. The freedom of speech. Everyone can believe in the flat earth if they want to or the round earth, or the square earth, or whatever it is that they think of. Um, Whatever you think of, of, it's correct. If you think that the earth is square, then, then you're right. The earth is square. And you'll prove to yourself that the earth is square. Yeah, but then let's say you take an astronomy class. Okay. And, and then yes. you actually, like, look into a telescope and see that everything around you is round. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. You'll see that everything's round. All the stars are round. All the planets are round. Everything's round. No, yeah, then, like, why shouldn't ours be around yeah. if everything around us is round? Like, if everyone around you is like an ape-like animal, why shouldn't you be an ape-like animal? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just like that. Or, well, yeah, like, that's, that's the whole thing. Or, like, um, there's this whole thing, like, on YouTube right now, there's, like, two types of brainwashed people. Okay. You got the vegan community and you got the carnivore community. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, people who, who eat only meat and there's people who eat only plants. Yeah. And they both think that they're right, you know? Like, you look at both of these kind of people and they all say, oh, I'm doing great. My health is amazing. But, um, is it? Like, well, I, I don't like know. To have I've, a balance. I've done both. I don't go- and like, exactly. Like, you need balance, you know? I'll tell you what my wife, Ariana, made yesterday. She took some kale or some collards, and she cooked it with some um, pork in the Instapot with some red cabbage, Um, and it was really, really yummy. Yeah, that sounds... And then we used some some fermented... That's a good um, one. We took some three-week fermented jalapenos, and I'll tell you what, the jalapenos were the cheapest... Uh, peppers you could get. We went to that uh, Mexican uh, supermarket. We got a big, big bag of jalapenos and I filled three or four jars of them and I just put salt water in there and after three weeks they taste so good and we can't stop eating them. Oh man, I I think I should like try and pickle some jalapenos as well. I've still got a few left. You put them in the uh, hot, you put them in the water. You put some salt water in there if you want. Mm-hmm. You throw some kefir in there to help ferment them faster. You know, some I put in some uh, some probiotics, some 
kimchi or whatever you got. Try to like ferment with the apple cider vinegar. No, I haven't. Uh, but sure, you could use apple cider vinegar if you want. I don't know. I don't know what the effect of using vinegar would be, because it produces its own vinegar. Like just the sugar in peppers will be eaten by the bacteria, so they're eating that sugar or the sweetness. And then they're producing their own uh, vinegar. So just with water and salt, it produces a vinegar-like su- substance. It's really yummy. Yeah, the end product of like all fermentation is actually acetate, which is vinegar. Acetate, exactly. Which is the byproduct yeah. of of the alcohol, um, or the. Um, the sugar is being um, consumed by the fungus or the bacteria. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the thing is, um, if you're, like, somebody who believes that alcohol is not permissible and uh-huh. you put vinegar in your salad, uh-huh. you're basically using an alcohol byproduct. An alcohol byproduct. What about the vegans yeah. who, 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 who discover that all of their um, Thai food has fish sauce in it. What? Well, yeah, that's like, exactly, it's just like that, you know, like, you find out that things are not how they seem, or like, uh, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I seen like, you know, like, I was, just looking at what they feed fish at like fish farms and yeah. it turns out they feed them they feed them like wheat gluten and animal like whatever like animal products yeah. like pork beef chicken yeah. like like let's say farmed fish is not kosher no, it's not kosher at all. The fish hasn't been kosher. You have to get, uh, that's why you have to get, like, organically fed. You have to pay the premium for everything to actually get the organic fed fish. Or, like, you would just need to get, like, a fish that's wild caught. Like, that's the best bet. Yeah. But then, you know, there's people who pay a lot of money. To go so what, if they caught it wild, what if they caught it wild in Fukushima? Well, that could be an issue. That's what I'm saying. It's like the wild caught is not wild caught. Just because it's wild doesn't mean it's, you know, natural or safe. I mean, it's safer than, like, farmed fish. For sure. I don't know. I've had experiences where I've, because like I eat raw fish and when it's raw, like it's easier to, you know, see what it is, like what it ate and stuff like that. One thing I wanted to say, and I'm sorry that I always said stop, 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 or listen, listen, listen. I think that's a bad practice, and I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you and also to my listeners. I don't want to interrupt people or, or tell them to stop or, like, you know, 
Um, I was listening to the Joe Rogan show, and he is really a great host, and he's very friendly to everybody, and, you know, he listens to people. He was trying to talk over some of his guests a little bit, but uh, in general, you know, I don't want to um, tell you to stop or push you in any direction at all. I wanted to say is that if you ever have a chance, Look at the map. Look at Google Maps and look at Ecuador. And look at these um, shrimp farms. Almost every single river or stream in Ecuador is full of these ponds. And they go for miles and miles and miles and miles and hundreds of miles of shrimp farms where they dam up every single stream that you can imagine all the way from the ocean all the way into the mountains. And it's just this incredibly complex and humongous system of, of lakes, of man-made lakes, where they grow these shrimp. I bet you it smells quite disgusting. Probably. I've seen uh, they had those, like, in Butrint, Albania, too. In Butrint, yeah? Yeah, there was, like, miles of that. Miles. It goes on for miles and miles. It's like an unending sea of lakes just going on for miles like terraces. It's like rice patties, like the Chinese have the rice. Yeah, they have the shrimp in Ecuador. Yeah. So check it out. Shrimp like salmon. Yeah, they probably have other fish as well. So, I mean, if you ever get farm shrimp, man, I bet you they grew up in some really disgusting uh, pond in the middle of, like, some poor country that, like, has no standards and no, um, and no uh, you know, health uh, department watching over them. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I haven't – I don't really eat shrimp unless mm-hmm. it's, like uh, – them big wild ones because like you can just tell like you look at the shrimp those farmed ones they're usually like small and they're orange because they cook them yeah and all that stuff you know yeah it's pretty rude it's sad for the shrimp well you know I was going to say, what about the pigs in Saudi Arabia? How are they doing? Do they have pigs in Saudi Arabia? That's what I'm saying. Like, do they even have them? Well, they might. I mean, I don't know. I know they have alcohol there for sure because I had some Saudi friends in college, and they would tell me all about how Saudis smuggle alcohol into Saudi Arabia. But I'm just saying, like... You know, if you have a culture that forbids or doesn't like a certain thing, like if you don't have people like raising a certain animal, then then that animal is going to die off. Like if everyone stops eating pig, what's going to happen to all the pigs? I mean, how many pigs you could have left in the world? They might even go extinct. Yeah, that would be sad. So I'm thinking that, you know that there's a symbiotic relationship there between the animals, you know, the domesticated animals. They they pay the price 
but they also get to survive. So, I mean, it's kind of like a shitty existence for them. Um, I mean, but you know, like, is it shitty, though? Well, for those farm chickens, I mean, there's some horrible movies about, like, Food, Inc., and, like, all these other movies about, like, how horrible the animals live. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, those are really sad, but, like, the the majority of farms, though, like, I mean, farms where people just have real chickens and let them roam free, those chickens look pretty fine, like, do, look like they're doing well. Well, these are all pretty deep topics. I mean, um... Dad? Yeah? What you playing? Are you, you broke that? Yeah. Gent, Gent here is five and a half years old. He's going to tell us something. Gent, you want to tell us something? <laughs> so I've been thinking, um, Harry, about static data. And I did a podcast on static versus dynamic. And I've been having some deep thoughts about it. Static data, what's the difference between those two? Well, data is like, it doesn't move. It's basically non-moving, non-changing, just like a read-only, like CD-ROM. And Mm -hmm. dynamic means like RAM, like stuff that changes in in memory, um, you know, random access memory. And you can update it and change it and all that. And basically, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking that um, if you do, did you ever study computer science and learn about Donald Knut and like algorithm um, analysis? Um, I learned like I've just taken like some computer science in high school where we learned about algorithms, but I'm not really familiar. Did you ever learn about the analysis of algorithms? I might have, I but might. I've probably forgotten about those because it was in high school yeah. and it was in Albanian. So well, basically, here's, the, here's what he said that I, I remember. Basically, the important thing is, is that this guy, he coded all these different algorithms for searching and sorting, and he wrote them in assembly language. And mm-hmm. he basically counted the instructions. He's like, okay, this algorithm has this many instructions in it. And this algorithm has this many instructions. And this algorithm has this many instructions. And he counted all of the instructions. And then he also said, well, if I have an input of like 1 million, then this algorithm will do 1 million and 1 steps. But this algorithm will do 10 million steps, or this algorithm will do 100 million steps. So he, he estimated or calculated the number of steps that each different algorithm would do depending on the different sizes of input. Hmm, so basically, you had, you had linear algorithms that would have, like, for N inputs, for 1 million inputs, you'd have 1 million steps or like, you know, 10 million steps or 100 million steps with like some linear, some constant fixed number of steps for each input. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have ones that would have like logarithmic. So they instead of just one to one, it would be like um, a logarithm or like a fraction of the input. So instead of having a million steps, you'd only have a hundred thousand or ten thousand steps. The other ones would be like quadratic or exponential or even you know, polynomic, like some humongous number, like for every input value, you have to go over that input value like multiple times, like exponentially number. So there's all different types of, yeah? It's like a lot of like traces, I guess. A lot of what? A lot of like data, like it just keeps adding up. Well, it depends on what you do, what you're doing. Like, how many times mm-hmm. do you have to visit each thing? Do you visit it one time? Do you visit it many times? Right? Is it a one-pass algorithm, or do you have to go over all the data? You have to connect all the data together. Like, if you have like a hundred people in your input, like, does each person have to talk to every other person? So it's like you know, N squared, like a quadratic equation. So you've got all different types of um, of relationships between the objects and, like, how you have to process them. And that's, that's, part, of algorithm, that's part of algorithm analysis. So in a way, you're turning the data into time. So you're swapping space and time for each other. That's what I was thinking about today. Like the algorithm will run or have a runtime, and that runtime is just a, replacing space. So instead of taking up more space, you use less space, but you use more time. So you're trading one one thing for another. You're trading like, space for time, basically, or, or money for time. Like space is money, time is money, but you're really you're saying, oh, I'm going to save money, but I'm going to use more time. Hmm, you spend more money, or you spend more money and you have less time. Take you know, you do it faster. Like oh, I'm going to get a hundred computers. I'll buy a thousand computers. Yeah, it's like know. let's say, like um, I don't know. I'm going to try and put this like how I understand it in the physical world, like this is like a concept we learned in business school too, which is uh, basically the opportunity cost. So like, um, exactly. let's say you pay money to take a plane and fly from like Canada to the Yucatan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if you take a bicycle, you might save more money, but um, it will take you like two months to get there. And that will cost you money. And that will cost money. But then like if you're like a traveling hippie, you could um, just travel and like do odd jobs wherever you travel and then get there eventually. But you could also go somewhere else and make more money. 
Like you could choose to go to Yucatan or you could choose to go to California and maybe in one place you'll find gold and the other place you won't. Oh, yeah, that too. Like you're just like at that point you're trolling more, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the troll fishing. So these are like the decisions that you have to make. As a programmer. So you're just going to all these spots or just making it super easy, right? Yeah, that's what I've been thinking about today. I was thinking about how how the algorithms are just another way of defining defining things in another dimension. So you're just defining them in time instead of space. Hmm. So there's no space in computers. Well, there's space. There's there's memory. So, so memory did you ever is hear space? About, did you ever hear about Turing? Turing? Turing. Alan Turing? Oh, I actually, yeah, I heard about this name, but um, I'm I'm not familiar with like what he did or well, what he was discovered. A, there was a movie. There was a movie about him um, recently. It's called The Imitation Game, and he cracked the Enigma code. Oh. He uh, helped end the war. I seen this movie actually. That's where you I did? remember the name from. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they um, they had to keep the Germans from knowing. They had to keep the Germans from knowing that they cracked the code. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another movie called The Cryptonomicon. There's a book called The Cryptonomicon, which is based upon this idea. Cryptonomicon. Yeah, it's a great book. It's about how they um, these two these two guys were fighting. The two cryptographers were fighting. It was the uh, Germans versus the English. And, mm-hmm. um. Don't tie it. Put it on my neck and then tie Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on a second. I gotta put this on his neck. And then tie a bow tie? Yeah. Okay. Five year old tying a bow tie. We're tying a bow tie. That's a classy kid, man. Yeah, he's pretty classy. This kid, he likes to go to expensive restaurants. He's got a, he's got an expensive taste. So, so basically, he wears both uh, ties and goes to expensive restaurants. Wow, it's you. You're the cat in the hat. He's dressed up like the cat in the hat. Dad, take a picture of me. Okay, I'll take a picture. Hold on. Camera. So um, basically... The cryptonomicon. Oh, there we go. Wait. That's a cool picture. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, but basically, I haven't, I didn't actually finish the book, but they were basically going after some gold um, that the Germans uh, left somewhere um, in the Philippines or something. It was some, and they were going to create some kind of cryptocurrency. It was a really crazy story. 
Um, I gave the book when to Alan. This, um... Wait, you gave that It was book? in the 90s. The book was written in the 90s. So they made a cryptocurrency in the 90s? Well, in the book, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't actually finish the book, so I can't really say. We'll have to get Alex on this podcast so he can explain it. I gave the book to him, and he didn't read the book, but he listened to the audio book. Anyway, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert in any, any of this. Um, I'm just going to just give you some ideas of what I learned. So Alan Turing, he wrote this paper. I've got, this, I've got a copy of his paper in a book here. But basically, the Turing, the Turing machine, he imagined that you have an endless tape. You've got like a, like a cassette tape or a, a piece of paper, a long piece of paper. And you've got a machine that can move the paper forward and backward. So it, it can move along this strip of paper like an ant. It can walk forward, it can walk backward along this piece of paper. And it can read or it can write on the paper um, I think it's actually a magnetic tape where you can actually overwrite a value, but even if you can't overwrite a value, if it only can write once, it's also possible um, to do most things. So the Turing machine is just a, it's a mathematical idea of a machine that can either move to a position on the piece of paper, it can read a byte, and it can write a byte. And it has also some memory, some registers where it can store the values, and it can add them mm-hmm. together and subtract them from each other. And then it can uh, make some decisions like if, if, then, else. And then it can jump to another position on the, on the piece of paper. So it has some really basic operations like read, write, add, subtract, if, then, else. And then with that Turing machine, you can implement all problems. You can, uh, you can basically um, have it interpret any program you want Get, if you have enough space on your, on your tape. Um, if the tape is big enough, you can implement any problem. You can solve any problem with it, given enough time and space. That's like the basic theory of computer science right there. Yeah, Turing. Oh, the Turing machine. And it's impossible to decide if a program will actually finish or not. That's another thing. You don't know if you if you have a, a program that's written down, you can't always decide if that program will ever finish or if it'll go in an endless loop. Yeah, it makes sense because, like, not everything is black and white. Not everything is black and white. Not everything is simple. It could be a virus. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like, like what happens on... That's interesting. Well, so, like, I what's a virus my, uh, look oh, like to a Turing machine? Like, my tablet, it has a virus in one of my games. What? It has a virus in one of your games? Well, what does yeah, a virus look has- like? Because guess what? From one of my games, it puts me in and then it takes me out. From from, from a different game. Okay. It's weird. I mean, I don't know what trying is trying to do with my game. Well, a virus or a program would have like some kind of encrypted data where you can't tell. You can't tell what it's going to execute. It could be reading some data off of the internet instead of 
like the piece of program code that you're reading might be reading some data from someone else somewhere else or it might have it encrypted where you need to have some key and it does some super complicated operation on that key um, to then interpret some bytes and then um, get the value and then do something based on it. So it's either an encrypted piece of data or a piece of data that's being read from somewhere else where you have no way of determining what it was, what's going to be. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So it's like it's external. Sorry? So it's external. It's basically someone else controlling it, and you have no control over it. Like encryption is basically like someone else is encrypting the data. Someone else is controlling your computer. Now, there's this great talk about like Occupy computation, like this Chaos Computer Club, and they're like Occupy the computer, and they put forward this idea of a strange machine, or basically that someone can take over your computer by getting it to do things, and it's called a strange machine which is like the theoretical idea of a of a of a of a virus. of a virus exactly hmm that's interesting it's like uh, i mean i don't know i've been hearing some theory about like viruses like real life viruses uh-huh. and it's kind of like uh it's kind of like this like some people are saying that um like these viruses are being caused by external factors yeah like um like environment for example like a common environmental thing that's uh that's like let's say like a common bug in the environment. Yeah. And a lot of people are exposed to that, and then the body tries to clean itself, so it uh, it activates the virus as, like, a, a solvent, in a way. It uses the virus as a way to clean itself? Yeah, like, it uses the virus as a solvent. Hmm. As like a solvent. A, so... So, like, let's say you got a cold. Yeah. A cold is a virus. Yeah. And or it's, it's a just like, yeah, it's a like getting rid bacteria. of, like, giving the dog some water. Yeah, it's like getting rid of bacteria through, like, mucus and all that stuff. Okay. So. Basically, the virus is acting more like a soap, like a solvent. It's just breaking down those uh, toxins and all that bad stuff till it runs its course. But then, Mm -hmm. apparently, some people have, like, too many toxins, and um, the virus takes them. Because, like, the environment is not, um, it's, like, it's too messed up, basically. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Like that that's why like you get older people dying easier from viruses. Or yeah, people, for sure. People with like an immune system that's compromised. Mm-hmm. That's what this theory was saying. Like basically like um like it was saying that like not it it wasn't about the coronavirus, but they were talking about the mad cow disease back in the day. Mm-hmm. And the bird flu. Okay. They were saying that they're actually like very similar to like the flu, like the actual flu, because the actual flu kills a lot of people yearly. It does. So it could just be like a mutation of yep. that, you know, like a different type. Because I don't know, I, I have a friend in Albania. And um, he was telling me that he's got another Albanian friend who's uh, who works for, like, uh, the CDC version of England. And the guy was saying that apparently this coronavirus is really similar to the, the bird flu. And no, the swine flu. Okay. I don't know, but okay. I, I heard it's similar to other flus, yeah. Yeah, that's what this makes guy sense. was saying. But it makes sense, though. Hmm. I mean, well, so if you I don't know, to the man. No Agenda show, I don't know if you listen to the No Agenda show, if you listen to the No Agenda show, basically they're saying that that it's not too much more dangerous than other flus. Mm-hmm. That it's a distraction from something. Like, it's the excuse for the government to print more money. Like, they've used this to do quantitative easing. Hmm. And it's also an excuse to do a major devaluation and deflation of the market because maybe the market's overinflated. Oh, look at that. Put that on the table. Where'd you get that from? Yeah, sounds... that basically. So you're you're in your theory, like the body's getting rid of toxins. You know that the theory as above, so below. Ever hear of that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe the economy's full of toxins, like toxic shit, and it has to deflate. Maybe it has to get rid of things that are bad, like bad companies, dysfunctional um, dysfunctional things. Maybe it's got lots of bad debt, you know? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. There's, like, a lot of bad debt. Like, I was talking to someone today about the student loans. It's like, how many universities do we actually need? How many... How many crappy books do we actually need? Like, how many different professors teaching the same exact thing do we need, really? You know? Yeah, like, with our day and age having internet. Exactly. Like, what's the whole point? And is this not the student loan thing, not just a way to keep everyone happy and to inflate the bubble? Inflate what bubble? 
that's like that's true. There's like a huge bubble. Mhm. So maybe the coronavirus is just an excuse. Maybe the coronavirus is just an excuse to deflate the bubble a little bit to let some steam out. So they don't want people to go to school too much, or well, let's just say there's too many people. Let's say there's too many teachers, there's too many schools, there's too many people. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe we don't need that many people. Maybe we have an overproduction, like law of diminishing returns, you know? Like 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Well, what about the other 60%? Yeah, it makes sense. Why does, this, why does society go to war to get rid of extra people? It's like, oh, my God, our, company, our country has too many people. Let's go to war with the other country and we'll kill off some people. Yeah, so, like, more people can have more things. Or too many people will just eat up everything and then everyone will die. Like, what happened to the Aztecs and the Incas and the Mayans? Like, I heard that some of them, they just died off because they they had too many people, and then they never had any wars, and they became passive, and then they ate up all the food, and they all starved. Yeah, it could be plausible, or, um, I don't know, I, I believe in this other theory that, um, like, when... When the colonizers came, they changed the native people's diet because, like, they influenced okay. each other. And they, like, introduced alcohol and, mm-hmm. like, all these refined things that we brought from Europe. And there's a lot of things that came from the New World back to Europe as well. Sure, like tomatoes so, corn. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of people weren't, like, um, like genetically predisposed to necessarily, like, uh, digest that stuff, you know, because, yeah. like, it's something new, and then the people well, back the here... Famine? What about the potato famine, where they had a monoculture of potatoes in... Um, in Ireland, in right? In Ireland. And they all starved to death because they only had one type of potato and that got sick and then the, the sickness spread so quickly. Yeah, that's like another thing, you know. Or like and all then, the plagues, like who knows what caused those. So basically, well, according to the game theory, uh, Richard Dawkins was talking about this in his books, The Selfish Gene. Did you ever read that? Well, I haven't gotten around to the selfish gene yet. Well, it was very simple. He said there's a game theory. And um, if you have a game that you're playing and you play it for a long time and you have different strategies, and if you have someone who's winning all the time, then it just takes a mutation of the opponent and sometimes the if someone is passive all the time, let's say you have the dove versus the hawk. So if you have a population of passivity where everyone's like dovish and they always give in and they always like 
they don't fight. If you just have one mutation of a fighter, then that will take over because there's no one to oppose it. That makes sense. That's kind of like, uh, sounds familiar to like what happened in Yugoslavia. Exactly. You just have to have one mutation. You have a society of passivity, and then you have one one person just mutates and is like, oh, yeah, shit, I'm going to take over. And then everyone's like, okay, uh, you take over. Yeah, and then there were people who were like, don't take over, please. You know. Mm-hmm. But that so, makes um, sense. It's like what happened in Scandinavia with the Viking Age. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, <laughs> these countries, they got money, and all they do in this uh, English country is they just pray to this invisible man up in the sky. Yeah. They got all this gold. <laughs> Let's just go take, so it. take it. Let's go take it. There yeah. you go. That's the mutation. There you go. Now, I don't want to get political or religious, but basically, you know, the Christians were like, oh, yeah, if someone hits you, then give them the other cheek and let them hit you on the other cheek. And mm-hmm. the Islam is kind of like, if they hit you, then you punch them in the face. Yeah, then you have to... Unleash the wrath of God. Exactly. So Islam is kind of like a mutation of Christianity where they're like, we're not going to, like, we're not going to be passive. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, we're not going to turn the other cheek. We're not going to turn the other cheek anymore. We're going to pull out the sword and start slicing your hand off. Yeah, literally. Then, like, you had... um, Let's say you had Marxism, and it mutated to fascism. Yeah, or you know, Stalinism, yeah. Or Stalinism. Uh-huh. Then you, apparently they had Tolstoyism, too. Yeah. Which was like the hippie commie. Sure. That's some interesting I mean, stuff, though. Yeah, these are some theories. Now, that's based on the game theory. So the game theory works like this, okay? Okay. You have the prisoner's dilemma, okay? Did you ever mm-hmm. hear about I this? know the prisoner's dilemma. Well, game theory is based on the prisoner's dilemma. So you have two choices. Do you uh, rat out your the, the other prisoner, or do you keep silent? Mm-hmm. Do you um, denounce them or not? Do you cooperate or not? Do you cooperate with the police or you don't cooperate with the police? Yeah, but then uh, the thing with the prisoner's dilemma is if you cooperate with your friend, you You both both get the same outcome. Yes, you both win. Yeah. So he was saying that they played this game against each other. They had a computer. This is all game theory or Nash equilibriums. Mm-hmm. 
And basically, he was saying in his book, The Selfish Gene, that the, the best strategy is called tit for tat. Oh, yeah, I know that, that If you have a memory of your opponent, if they hit you, if they, if they tell the teacher on you, then the next time you tell the teacher on them. And if you always respond one time, if they do something bad to you, you do something bad to them one time, and then you stop. It's called tit for tat, and that's the stablest strategy because that will always... Uh, give you the best outcome. Yeah, just like that, like, um, let's talk about, like, the whole World War thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that was tit for tat, and then it ended the World War, and I'll then it brought, um, for, I guess it brought peace. Hey guys, can I share something? Oh, Gen Gen wants to share something. From from chat. Hey, if you hit, if someone hits you, you do it back, like. But just one time. Yeah, yeah, that's money. Here, one, and we're back. Yeah, it's like um, like when I was in grade school. One time I was being bullied by this kid, and I asked my dad for advice, and he said, just hit him back. Yeah. And I hit him back, and then we became friends. And that's funny. A lot of people become friends after they fight. Yeah, like he apologized, too. Like, it was really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like a natural, like a natural order as well. Like you can see that with dogs as well. They, they exhibit dominance, um, like play. Well, it is. It is actually the the um, ordnung or the pecking order or the hierarchy. Yeah, like that's how like you establish the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Like I had a wolf dog one male thing, mm-hmm. and what? she bit me, and my friend told me That's I should bite her ear, and I yeah. bit her ear, and <laughs> then like she became my loyal. My phone. I'm not talking. Well, sometimes you have to dominate your dog. That's right. Give me my phone now, Gansy. Give it to me. So can I guess him? Yeah, Gansy, say something. So. You know, dog. You know, barking is dogs' thing. They bark. You know. Dogs like to bark. Yeah, they do. It's their thing. It is. They bark thing. at people. They bark at each other. They bark at people. That's right. So uh, sometimes you have to dominate your dogs. It is true. You're gonna show them who's boss. Yeah. Like. But my dog, my big fat dog, Dora, she does not give up ever. Like, she will never, ever, ever give up. When she wants food or she wants something, she will just continue and continue, and she will not give up no matter what you do to her. 
You can and punch Laura's her. And the OG doggy. Yeah, she is. She just looks at you. She's like, I'm How not going to get her. How old is she now? She's like 2007. We got her. So. Now it's 2020. 13. Yeah, 13 years. 13 years old. Yeah. And she's not giving up. That's a pretty old dog. Well, for chihuahuas, you know, they're compact. They live long or? They live a long time. That's great because they're smaller probably. They're like. Um, they're smaller. The longer lived breed. Yep. That's right. But yeah, like it's interesting with dogs though, like uh, smaller dogs, they got like a bigger attitude because they get they the whole tit for tat game. Huh? They, they have humongous attitudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a survival strategy, you know? Like so I had a cousin. Oh, um, they're doing pretty well. They're like. Their heads are shaping up better now, and um, they're starting to look more wolfy. So they're like husky pit bulls? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think they might be like uh, half husky, half mastiffs too, or, or they might be husky pit bulls. But I don't know yet because, like, there were two dogs that hunt her at, like, around the same time. Yeah. So, so do they look different, the dogs? Like, they look different than pit bulls right now. I don't know. It's, like, it's weird. I can't really tell. But they all look the same, all the babies. Yeah, they look the same. They're, like, um, they look like brothers. But one of them's head is more like a wolf yeah. shape. And the other one is kind of more like a pit. Well, listen, uh, Harry Reid, uh, we got an hour and seven minutes right now. and I'm actually kind of fading out. I'm thinking we're going to sleep soon. Yeah, that sounds great. We we had an interesting conversation. We did. It's a stream of random... Stream of random. Same here, man. Isn't it great we get to talk about random shit? Yeah, dude, this is the greatest stream ever. (laughs) Well, you and me are the only people who appreciate it. So what can we do to get more listeners or more guests? Because nobody's really listening to this thing. I know one one day it's going to blow up and people are going to be like, Man, you gotta listen to all of his episodes, all of their episodes, because they had the most amazing stuff in there in the beginning. It was just like so random, and like I appreciate exactly. it. <laughs> well, the <laughs> thing is, I think we should just uh, write like more about the topics, like in the description of the video, and probably okay. add more tags. Okay. Because like the tags about tags the topics about- will will catch attraction. I guess. I got you. And there's this you. there's this whole theory that I got from a friend of mine who who became viral on Facebook now. Uh-huh. Because, like, all his posts are going viral after he got one viral post. Yeah. So I figured Facebook out that social media 
or even YouTube, it has a membrane. Yeah. So, like, once there is enough content to to crack the membrane, then you go viral. Yeah. So we just got to keep on producing content. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, the, the band Tool, I don't know if you heard about them. Tool, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good, but they have, like, a billion songs. Yeah. And everybody likes a certain album, you know, like, um, like I don't, I haven't listened to all their stuff, but it's still like everything is good. Like once you get into them, once you get into them, did you ever listen to Frank Zappa? Yeah, I I only listened to like one song from him, and I don't even remember the name, so I I should probably get into that. Well. He's pretty crazy. Sounds like a crazy guy. Very, very crazy. Comes from some crazy times, you know? Yeah. Well, um... But yeah, I think, I think it should be interesting because, like, uh, the beautiful thing about YouTube is that it has the uh, two times speed... We can play it like double the speed so people can skip all the boring stuff. Oh, 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 speaking of boring. So I posted my instructions that I did last time. Um, I did it on my phone. I was able to use Termux and do the conversion of the video. Uh, I was able to download the YouTube video and convert it to MP3 on my phone. And then I was able to upload... Yeah, because Termux is like a Linux emulator. It uses the LLVM compiler, and it, it's got all the. It's got uh, the YouTube download program. It's actually a Python script, and then you can download it in FLV format, and then you can use um, FFmpeg to convert it from FLV uh, to uh, MP3, and then you can upload it to the, wow, uh, the podcast. And I did. Uh, I didn't upload it from the command line, but I definitely converted it. And uh, if, oh, you listen to my, if you listen to my uh, some of my recent episodes, I go over all of my ideas for um, doing this stuff in in earnest. I want to uh, I want to set up a um, a cloud service that we can call up, and if you and I call in, like it'll recognize your phone number. It'll be programmed to your phone number, and if you call it, it'll start the stream. And then um, when you hang up, you know, and all the guests just hang up, it'll, it, right? it'll just send it out, yeah. And that's it. Like, that's going to be the interface. So if you wow. want to do a podcast with your friends, you just uh, call in, you dial the number, mm-hmm. and it'll, then it'll text you all the links, and you forward all those links to your friends, and they can dial in. And then when everyone hangs up, it'll, you know, it'll send you uh, a link. Well, you already have a link to the stream, and and that's it. It'll end the stream and upload it, and then you're done. That's the way we want to have it, and it should all be open source (laughs) and uh, hosted on the uh, on the cloud, and that's the way we want to have it. That sounds amazing, man. It's like it's basically podcast software. Podcast software, and also it 
I, I want to make it so it won't let people talk over each other. So if I'm talking and then you talk, it'll save what you say and it'll play it after I finish so that we're not talking on top of each other. And they're like, if you're talking and, and I start talking, it'll save what I'm saying. And after I, you finish speaking, then we'll play it because there's no sense in people talking over each other. Yeah, it makes sense. That's like a great, um, a great system. Cause like, it's basically something that Joe Rogan and would love. And then we're gonna have a chat program, so whenever people talk, it'll put whatever they say as an audio clip in the chat, and people can chat as well. You know, like it'll be a chat so channel you can as well as a video, as well as a stream. That's a good one. But, like, if you call in, mm -hmm. you can watch the chat online. Exactly. Like on you can watch the chat online, or it'll uh, text you the chat to your phone, and you can just respond with your phone. Like, we want to have it so, you know, someone who's, like, just has a phone, and they don't have a, you know, internet connection, they just have mm -hmm. SMSs and, and voice, they can, uh, they can take part. So basically, you can you set it up the way that a Chobani from the Altai Mountains can just get a call and, you know. That's right. You that got it. That sounds amazing. Chobani, it'll, be, it'll be called the Chobani cast. <laughs> Chobani cast. Yeah. I hope the Chobani yogurt guy won't sue you for that. <laughs> Well, Chobani means uh, hirte. It means um, the the uh, Chobani is the uh, shepherd. Is the nomad. It's the shepherd, but he's a nomad. He doesn't have a home. Yeah, like a Bedouin shepherd. Exactly. Where he lays his head is his home. He just sleeps you know, on his little blanket in the mountains with his sheep. Yeah. The <laughs> wool hat is the pillow. That's what I figured out, man. You know those wool hats? Mm-hmm. You can use it as a pillow. You just lay what? on a rock, and it's a perfect pillow. That's it. Yep. All right. Okay, man. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. Okay, bye. No, no, no. Great stream. See ya. See ya, man. Fala Kreefe. Fala Kreefe.